Hey there, I'm so pumped to tell you about an amazing new community I've launched called Grief to Growth Circle Community. It's a space for people who are grieving to come together to support each other and for people who want to know who we are, why we're here, where we're going to have those conversations, all the things we talk about on the podcast. So I invite you to join me at grieftogrowth.com slash community to become part of this compassionate crew. The best part is 100% free. And you have access to me in addition to everybody else in the community. In fact, the podcast will be there so you can talk about the things we talk about in the podcast right there in the community. There's also some premium content if you want to go deeper in the work I'm doing, but mostly it's about building relationships and community and about sharing resources and supporting each other. So come on over and check it out. It's grieftogrowth.com slash community. I'll see you inside. Hi there. Welcome to Grief to Growth Podcast. Your host is Brian Smith, spiritual seeker, best-selling author, grief survivor, and life coach. Brian believes that the worst tragedies of life provide the greatest opportunity for growth. Brian says he was planted, not buried, and he is here to help you grow where you've been planted by the difficulties in life. In each episode, Brian and his guests will share what has helped them to survive and thrive. It is his sincere hope this episode helps you today. Hey, everybody. This is Brian. I'm back with another episode of Grief to Growth. And today I've got with me my friend Daniel John. Uh, Daniel, I think this is the third time he's been on the program. He's been on before. He's a, he's a great guy. We've become friends over the last couple of years. Uh, I'm going to read his bio and then we'll get started. He is a, he's a father. He's a husband and a certified medium who was raised Catholic. Uh, he found Jesus in ninth grade. And he's a dedicated follower of Christ consciousness. When he was 37, he discovered his life's purpose, even though it was something he didn't believe in or didn't agree with at the time, but sometimes guys has different plans. And he quotes Jeremiah 29, 11. Uh, since 2017, Daniel's been on a mission to serve God, to spread love and to help the grieving connect with the loved ones in spirit. Daniel has completed thousands of mediumship grief counseling sessions, and he's done a copious amount of research on the metaphysical near death experiences and life after death. He's here on earth with direction from the Holy spirit to spread God's unconditional love to all. So with that, I want to welcome my friend, Daniel John. Thank you for having me, Brian. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm really uh, excited to catch up with you today. Uh, we, it's been a while since we've talked. I know a lot's been going on in your life. I know you've been on the show before and people might have heard, but we can't assume that they have. So I'd like for you to tell people how you got into what you're doing. Yeah. So again, thanks for having me. Uh, it actually, like you said, didn't start until I was 37. And I sat next to a woman at a restaurant and I started getting these feelings, impressions. I've never seen spirit. I've never heard them, but I started getting these feelings with information. And as I shared the information with her, she related to almost all of it uh, on a really deep um, level with a lot of compassion, a lot of uh, validation. And so after that moment, it was about a 45 minute like meeting at the end, she hugged me and said, thank you. I've been waiting for that. And I realized how much it helped her. her uh, I found out after her husband passed away instantly and suddenly so they never really got to say goodbye. So I facil- or spirit facilitated through me their goodbye. And it was so healing and so full of love. And so I had to kind of take a step back after that night and say, okay, everything I've ever believed I might have to relook at because that was amazing and it felt good for her. And if I had the ability uh, to do that for other people, I, I, I would love to do that. And so that's when I started my investigation on afterlife studies and reread the scripture, and, but with a different mind, with more of an open heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, um, 
you and I have spoken about this before, and I get a lot of pushback, frankly, from people, uh, Christians who read the Bible a certain way. And how did you feel when when this happened to you? What was what were your impressions before? So, so I I was raised Catholic, saved in ninth grade. I taught religious education in college, <clears throat> and so I was. If you look at it on a on a macro level, I always believed in something greater. You know, as Christians, we call it, we call it God. Uh, we try to put a name on something we really can't define. Um, but when I first experienced it, that really wasn't on my mind because I witnessed so much beauty and love from the moment that happened until the moment I kind of announced to the world that, hey, this is a gift I have. Um, I didn't think much about it because I saw with my own eyes and experience, like at that time, you know, up until my first actual sessions, you know, 20 or 30 sample sessions of, of experiencing like love and accuracy. And like, it was all beautiful. There was nothing demonic about it. And it wasn't until about four months after I came out as a medium that I got an email from a for, former coworker that led me to read some, some scripture uh, in, in the, in the Hebrew Bible and the Torah and the old Testament, <clears throat> whatever you want to call it. And I was like, Whoa, I gotta, I gotta stop. You know, this was before I, cause I came out as a medium before I really started getting into more biblical studies. And so mm-hmm. at that moment, I, for about 10 seconds, I was like, Oh my gosh, I got to stop. This is against God. This has been all a, a hoax. And I was like, wait a minute. And then I started remembering, I think at that point I had about 50 sessions already completed and it was mm-hmm. nothing, but tr- just pure love, nothing but that nothing demonic or evil. People were actually returning to faith and going back to church after these sessions. So I had to, that's when I re reread or at least listened to the audio, the whole audio book. It was like 42 hours of the Bible. And kind mm. of looked at it with a more of an open mind. I, I, and so after that, um, I started reading the New Testament on a deeper level and looking at the Greek translations and the Hebrew translations of the Old Testament and uh, kind of came to an understanding that this is anything but demonic. And, and, and then this facilitation, this communication wouldn't exist if it wasn't for something greater to facilitate or um, be the source of this information. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, now, I yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, please. So, and so I, I, I was probably going to answer your further que- your next question. So go ahead and ask it because <laughs> I don't know if I answered it properly. Well, yeah, you, you did answer. And the thing is, um, so we get this all the time and people have a certain way of reading the Bible. And I get a lot of like, just go read your Bible, just go read your Bible. And I always laugh because I think about you and all the hours of study that you put into this. Yeah. <clears throat> So the simplest terms, um, I believe God is something that is undefinable, indefinable. There's no way we can, in, in human, with our human mind, understand who, what God is. That's why I think like Jesus, for instance, spoke a lot in parables. If you look at the Hebrew Bible and Leviticus and Deuteronomy and Kings, there are some verses <clears throat> that very clearly uh, could lead the reader to believe that communication with the spirit world is, is wrong or demonic, um, especially in ancient Israel when the books were written. Um, but there are, so what we have to do, and, and like you probably, I laugh as well, we have to um, take this book and look at it as a book of love. And if you're looking at it with fear and judgment and black and white, that is not, I, in my opinion, that's not the best way to read it because there's so much beauty and wonderful, uh, I guess, how, what's the right word for it? Wonderful experiences that you can have if you truly read these scriptures with the heart with love. And so not to get down the, the rabbit hole with it, but Jesus never once spoke about mediumship. Never once. There's not one scripture in the new Testament where Jesus mentioned anything about mediumship In Matthew 17, he goes on a mountain and talks to Moses. 
um, that is the definition of mediumship. Um, mm. By definition, Jesus is a medium. But people, the, here's the problem. People get caught up in the word. The medium, a medium by definition in Oxford and Webster and all the main dictionaries is just a halfway point between two extremes. It's the means in which information is communicated. So Jesus was bringing through information from spirit, from God. John 4, 24 says, God is spirit. Paul was a medium. We wouldn't have a Bible if it weren't for mediums. And some Christians will, will cringe or like, oh, no way, I can't hear that. But it really is just a word as an in-between. Like, how do you mm-hmm. think Paul was able to write scripture? In Galatians 1.11, it says that he didn't obtain his information from men, other men or himself. It came from spirit, from something greater. You can call it Jesus or Christ or God or spirit, but it's all the same thing in the spiritual world. So if you look at some, also look at some of the Hebrew Bible, you know, we're supposed to stone our kids to death and we're supposed to not deal with the unclean. And Jesus didn't stone anybody but you know you look at he dealt with lepers and women uh and 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 totally ign- like ignored the purity laws in ancient israel john 8 mm-hmm. 3 through 11 a woman is brought to him committed ad- adultery well according to the hebrew bible in deuteronomy 21 18 i think it is you're supposed to stone them to death both of them i mean it's kind of a black and white law back then but right. jesus didn't stone her he just asked everyone around uh because everyone wanted to stone her the pharisees were testing him and he said okay you Whoever has not sinned can throw the first stone. And from the oldest, from the eldest to the youngest, they drop their stones. And he says, you know, go and don't sin anymore. So to me, the new world order, Jesus brought a whole new light to some of the ancient and Hebrew Bible. And as Christians, um, we are taught to not judge. We are taught to not condemn. We are told, told to love equally. If you look at the synoptic gospels, they're very different than the book of John. I feel like Jesus paints himself in a very different manner. It's more, it's less egoic. If you, if you ask me, <clears throat> but you have to remember mm. these words, these were words, they were translated. They were, and again, it doesn't take anything away from me for the Bible. Cause I love the book, but I think we have to read it with a little bit more gray area. And we truly have to look at the deeper meaning of some of these words. For instance, and there's a, a word that they, it, it's called metanoia or it's not metanoia. It's, um, pharmacia. Well, the word, they actually translate it to witchcraft but it actually has nothing to do with it. It only because back in the day, pharmacia, meaning of drugs, uh, the people who practice witchcraft were often into psychedelics, but that's mm. like that now. So there's a lot of verses in the, the Bible that we can really be misunderstood. And, and to, the final thing, and there's so we can go down into deep, deep in the scripture if you want, but I have prayed for the years that ever since that night happened to lead me to, to serve him because it, it's not me of doing this work. And actually yeah, that glory goes to something we call God. I'm mm-hmm. just used like many others in this world, just like you with this podcast are, are spreading love and use you're used as a tool to spread that love. And I've asked mil, not millions, hundreds of thousands, probably a hundred times a day. God, if this is the path you want me to take, please show me. And he has shown me in every single way possible through scripture, through my life, through music, through every venue possible, um, that this is my path. And the last thing is I feel like God speaks through more than just a book, songs, license plates, birds, you name it. God speaks through everything. And if we limit ourselves to one book read one way, we can get ourselves in a lot of trouble. Yeah. I I really wish I could just, I am recording. I wish I could say, I wish I could record you and play you for all these people that that hit me with all this. And I and I love what you said there, especially at the end. You know, there's more than one way to connect with God. The Bible, and, and it always kills me when people call the Bible the Word of God with a capital W. 
And I'm like, the Bible is not the word of God. The word is, is Jesus, you know? So the, this, the, the, you know, I love the fact that you, you've studied this, that you've prayed about this. And before we started recording, I asked you what you're up to now. And I, and I know you're a man that you ask God about everything in your life. You just, and you constantly seek God's, God's guidance and wisdom on things. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, I'm testing out a new feature. I'd love to get your feedback on it. It's called Fan Mail, and you can send me a message right from the show notes of the podcast. So look for the link that says send me a text. You can ask a question for a future podcast. You can suggest a guest or just give me any feedback you want. Just remember, it is one way I can't text you back, and I will not have your name, your email address, or your phone number unless you include it in the message. Let me know what you think. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 is my absolute favorite Bible verse in <clears throat> and, and different translations. But what I, I'll say what it says and then what it means to me. It's trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and always acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. It's really four lines that say, well, listen, you, you have to admit there's something greater than you. Humble yourself, right? But you don't have it all. But if you just like lean on that thing, it will guide you. You can call it Allah, source, universe, God. We try to label these things and think that we know it all and we don't. Mm -hmm. So if you let that source guide you or the universe or God guide you and you take the ego out, because there's things over the years, Brian, where I wanted to do very much so. God said, no, spirit said, no, he did want gambling. You know, I used to drink alcohol. I don't do those things anymore because it puts me at an energetic vibration so that spirit can work through me to help other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, as I said, when, when we read the Bible, as you said, we have to, we have to understand that it's a, it's a different book, the Hebrew scriptures. Uh, I don't like to use the word old Testament, uh, cause they're the Hebrew scriptures. Um, and we, you know, I, I see these people that they pick and choose as we were saying, and we all do. We all pick and choose. I mean, let's just face it. No one takes the whole thing because you can't. There's so many contradictory things in it. And so we still say, well, the prohibition against eating shellfish, that was just for them. That's okay for us to eat shellfish now. But the thing about homosexuality, for example, well, that's that's for all time. Uh, you know, not consulting with mediums, that's that's for all time. Uh, and, and it's just amazing how people make that distinction. Do you know the simple cover all to all of it is it's one word it's love and by that i mean what is your intention if you're taking scripture and using it to attack judge condemn and lead with fear that is just as demonic if not more than actual do actually doing something that may be considered that and what it boils down to is is ignorance and i don't mean that in a in a bad way ignorance means just lack of knowledge but if we're using the bible for instance and i use this as an example in my second book if um, you're a doctor and you've been giving a gift to be a doctor, which I think people who have all kinds of gifts, uh, Paul mentions it in First Corinthians chapter 12. But if mm-hmm. you have a doctor, but you're using it to make a ton of money and pra- have malpractice and, and you're doing it for all the wrong reasons, I would consider that sinful or demonic or against God, however you want to word it. We're, we're using words to describe things. Mm-hmm. But if there's a doctor who's making a decent living, but donating time, donating money, doing it with his heart, really helping patients. I think that's beautiful and makes God happy for in our terms. So one same action can have very extreme reactions from source or from energy. Same Mm -hmm. thing with mediumship. 
you got to remember in Deuteronomy 31, 16, when Moses goes on a mountain, God says, your people will forsake you. Like all the work after the 120 years that you did, they're still going to forsake you. The energy and the amount of quality of vibration or energy in that time may not have been good for connection with spirit. Moses put himself on that level vibration wise, whether it be meditation or prayer or whatever he did back then, where God or source could choose him to be a medium. Don't cringe as a Christian because we Mm -hmm. wouldn't have the 10 commandments if it wasn't for Moses, who was the in-between between God and humans. Mm -hmm. Um, but because he raised his vibration. So, uh, you know, totally just lost. This happens sometimes. Maybe we can cut this out, but we're, we were talking about, um, well, the spirit in which you use the Bible. The spirit oh, yeah. in which so, you, yeah, yeah. Right. So, if, so if Moses' was intentions was to hurt people or to make people angry, or if his intentions were were demonic, we can look at it a whole different way. So whether you're a doctor, a priest, or a medium, and you're doing work coming from the heart, it, it, it can be considered God is happy. But the same three people who do work coming from fear and anger and and ego could really be called demonic. So are there are there mediums out there who are doing this work for money and for fame and other reasons? I don't know, but I'm assuming so. I, I don't mean to be negative, but I'm, I'm assuming there are people out there who don't have spiritual gifts. And that's why in First John chapter 4, verse 1, he warns us about people being false prophets. But that doesn't have to be with just prophets. I mean, I don't know what the Greek word is, but there's people doing all kinds of work um, and claiming to be something they're not with the intention mm-hmm. of maybe screwing someone over. So it doesn't matter what you do. It's your why. Why do you do it? If your intention is pure in love, who are we as humans to judge that? And that's where Romans 14 comes in. And I, if you haven't read that, sit down and read that sucker, because it's an amazing uh, chapter about, you know, who are you to judge? Who, who, who Let that be on God, because we can't judge. You know, it's not just Matthew 7, 1, do not judge. But in Romans, you know, and again, that's a big letter to the, to the, <laughs> to the people of that, you know, church and state, really no separation back then, to like say, hey, listen you know what? We can't judge other people. And I was one of them, right? He was one of those people who was doing exactly that, but God picked him out and chose him to be a, an in-between a medium to -hmm. help spread a whole bunch of love. And you know, you know, as well as I do, he's believed to have write at least 10 to 12 of the books that we, in the new Testament, which is about 45% of that whole book was channeled, was brought through by a medium. And it's, it's amazing work, but read Romans 14, because we're not, not to judge other people because only God, knows our heart and our intentions. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, I said, it's really interesting when I, when I discuss with these people and I even have some of them said, well, your argument's not with me, it's with God. And I'm like, okay, so now you're speaking for God, you know, and, and you're telling me that this is the way I have to interpret the Bible. I, I don't take the Bible literally. Um, I, I hope people don't cause you would, it's crazy if you do. Uh, I have studied the Bible. I've studied biblical history where it came from. I know the translations are not great. You know, I know it was written by men. I think it's a very good book, but it's not, I don't live my life by what literally what it says. Cause even, you know, Jesus, like we talked about, there were the, the Pharisees were trying to say, you have to live, you know, exactly like this because, this is what Moses wrote down. And Jesus was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. He contradicted many, many Hebrew laws, but he was performing uh, miracles on the Sabbath. Um, he was uh, talking to women 
and lepers, which were the bottom of the purity class and the purity laws in ancient Israel. Right. Um, he, if anything, he was, you know, I'm reading a book right now by Richard Rohr, who's an amazing author. Um, and he's like, Jesus was dangerous. He was. Uh, he got mm-hmm. technically got himself killed, but he was a, against the social norm. He was trying to reteach and try to kind of reiterate love and equality when uh, even 2,000 years later, we're, we still have those extremes and those those purity laws. They're just a little less out in the open. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, um, and, and you know, again, going back to what the Bible says about this, this you know, it says test the spirits, you know, by the spirit. And it, and Jesus said, you'll know a tree by its fruit. So, again, when I, when I think about what you're doing and the people that you connect with and, and the, the healing that it brings, um, it's just how could this be a bad thing? Yeah, I don't know where the information comes from. I still I don't know how it works but I've done thousands of these sessions, thousands of them, literally. And there's so much peace and love and accuracy that comes from it. It's anything but demonic. I was even telling my mom last night in the four and a half years I've been doing mediumship, nothing bad has ever happened. Knock on wood. Now I'm not saying that, you know, there's not demonic spirits and I, I don't, I, I'd be ignorant to say that because I don't know, mm-hmm. but I've, I have not experienced anything but pure unconditional love. And if someone's sitting there throwing a stone, Per se, because don't forget, Jesus spoke in parables. So throwing stones and things like that, yeah, it was a real thing, but still throwing a stone is a symbol of, hey, you're like judging someone. Um, mm-hmm. I don't I think a true Christian doesn't do that. That's why when when you say I put the air quotes, because mm-hmm. if, if there's a Christian, quote unquote, who's telling you that you're doing something wrong, that is not what Christian, that is not being a Christian, that is not following. Mm-hmm. Because if you look up Christianity or to be a Christian in the in the, in the dictionary, it's following the teachings of Jesus. But if you read one of, like, for instance, take John 3, 3, and you read that uh, in John, Jesus said that you need to be born again to inherit the kingdom of God. Well, to you, it might mean becoming a Christian and becoming saved. For Mm -hmm. me, it might be literally born again, like I believe in reincarnation. Because don't forget after when the apostles questioned him, he talked about the birth of the water, right? Mm -hmm. So is it the water birth? Like, don't water breaks when you're having a baby. Or what if our friend, the third person says, well, I think Jesus meant that you know, being born again into spirit. So like when mm-hmm. we die here, we're born again back there in spirit, mm-hmm. wherever. Mm-hmm. Else. So if all three of us could be right, all three of us right. could be wrong. And so that's where that, if you take a scripture or any verse and you think one way or, or another way about it, that's okay. It's the way that you want to interpret it. And back to the original point, if you're looking at it with love and your intent is pure, if you believe that John 3, 3 means reincarnation, and I believe it means being born again, but we're both serving God and we and we both live our lives in a positive, loving way, then we may both be right in, in our lives, right? Right, right. Yeah, well, it's it, you know, I I just I feel sorry for these people, honestly. I don't I don't get I don't get angry with them, you know. I will I will engage them to a certain point. Um, I'm always like, you know, if you've got, if you've got ears to hear, I'd be, I'd be happy to share what I know with you. And cause I used to read the Bible one way too. Um, I used to believe in eternal hell because I was t- told that's what the Bible teaches. I don't believe that anymore. The Bible hasn't changed, which changes the way that I read it. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi there. I'm really excited to tell you about my latest ebook. It's four lessons that you can learn from the near-death experience without going through all the trouble of dying to learn them. 
I've been studying NDEs for several years now. I am completely convinced that not only are they 100% real, but that there's some very universal wisdom that we can get from the near-death experience. And I've distilled that down in this book into four short lessons. And I've also given you all the reasons why I believe the NDEs are absolutely real. So go to www.grieftogrowth.com slash NDE lessons to pick it up for free www.grief2growth.com slash NDE lessons. I hope you enjoy it. So I'm, I'm in the same boat, but what I'll tell you is very interesting. I was a, a video came across on TikTok about this girl who says, you know, Jesus is real. And if you don't find him, you're going to go to eternal hell. And then I sat there and it was just, it's got all these remarks and stuff like that. And I prayed about it. And I wasn't going to respond because, you know, if anything, uh, it's, it, it's more loving to kind of just send some love and hopefully that, you know, she ends up having an amazing life. Mm-hmm. But I, I prayed about it and I feel like God said to me, some people need to believe that so that they live their life in the way that I want them to. And I was like, wow, that's like, that makes so much sense. Because if, if you think about it, there's some near-death experiencers, I think about 4% of them have had actually hellish NDEs. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that hell exists? I don't know. I'd be ignorant to say I don't believe in a, in a, in a uh, prototypical hell either. I believe those are words we put on a perception, right? You can be mm-hmm. in heaven or hell. I don't think they're eternal damnation. But if someone does, I don't go out of my way to prove them wrong or to try to change their mind because maybe God implanted that in their mind so that they would live their life accordingly. Who am I, just like a, a, a quote-unquote Christian would judge me for mediumship, who am I to judge someone who does believe in an eternal hell? Because if that makes them a better person, then who am I to judge that? Even though I completely disagree with that. And I think Christians should look at mediumship the same way. Unless you're willing to dive deep and talk to me and, or, and look at mediums, not just me, but mediums in general, because there's hundreds of thousands of people who do this amazing work with a, as a gift from God. And really find out truly what our intention is and the beauty that comes from it, you might bite your tongue. And that's why with what you talked about earlier, or just talked about, I, I don't try to change anyone's mind. I don't waste that energy. I truly send them prayers. But if that is their belief and they believe in eternal hell, then maybe they live life better and treat people better because of that belief. So I don't try to change that. And when you come to that understanding, life becomes so much more peaceful because you may, we both agree, right? That we don't, we don't believe in eternal hell, but we may have two people on here that do. The four of us could still get along and be loving and treat each other kindly, even though we have completely different beliefs without trying to change them. And that's where I think we need to get to as a society. Yeah, that's that's a that's a great point. And I, you know, I'm thinking, you know, kind of doing some introspection here. I don't, I don't go out of my way to change people's minds. If people want to engage with me, you know, I believe, you know, the Bible says be able to give reasons for your belief, right? So I'm here, and I will give you reasons for why I believe. I'm not arguing with you. I'm just telling you where where I'm coming from. Uh, and my, I guess my issue with people that preach that to other people is I, I think that demeans the character of God to say that God is eternally tormenting people. That's 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 my belief. Now, again, other people, and I've, I've had some really interesting conversations with people who are pastors. Literally, I, I remember a bunch one day with, with a guy as a pastor, and I was like, well, how can you believe that? Again, not argumentative, just tell me. Tell me how this makes sense to you. Right. And I've never had anybody give me a really good answer to that. It just, it always comes down to, well, God's ways are bigger than our ways. And so that's, that's fine. That's what you want to go with. 
Yeah. And, and I think having that piece, Brian, of letting other people believe those beliefs and having intelligent conversations about it. Like I have a couple of friends of mine who, who really not, I, they're friends, one, one specifically, who really thinks what I'm doing is, is dangerous and demonic and they don't want to know more about it. They just feel like I'm being fooled and they pray for me, but we still talk, but right. it just doesn't feel good that he really thinks that about me. Cause if he really just took the time to understand um, he would be pleasantly surprised that I'm a man of God. I, I, I t- teach about eternal life and I teach about peace and equality and same things Jesus taught. And Jesus is probably my, my biggest like hero. I think he's a man who came here to spread love. So when, when we all agree as a society to, it's okay to disagree and have different beliefs, not try mm-hmm. to change people or judge people for their own beliefs. Uh, that's when, that's when I think the second coming of Christ is right. I, I, I'm a firm believer that Christ, you know, we call Christ. It's not, his name was Yeshua, right? We, we, name him. The Greek word is the anointed one, but we Mm -hmm. put that label on him. But I feel that thing that Jesus found in himself, that divinity, we can all find in ourselves. And that's John 14, 12. It's the, it's in the the first Corinthians chapter 11, verse one, that we're supposed to imitate Christ and that Christ consciousness. But we label Christ to Jesus when we all really are an anointed one. We are all the chosen one. And, and right. if you take away to take away the book of John and you look at some other gospels like the book of Thomas, Jesus was just one of us. He was just a man who did it probably better than a lot of other people did. You know, I right. even look at Martin Luther King, like well, the way he spoke and the, what he wrote when he was in, in prison, there was an 8,000 word manuscript that he wrote that mm-hmm. I felt like it was channeled. Just like, yeah. don't forget all this stuff that Paul wrote. He was right. in jail. He was being, he was dodging people. He was getting chased and murdered. Like, you know, eventually probably it was, I think, I don't know if it's in scripture, but he was in jail in many of these towns and he was writing these beautiful pieces. And I think there's people even now, Martin Luther King, for instance, who brought to light. In fact, they even pitched, they even tried to get some of Martin Luther King's writing into the modern canon, but they mm-hmm. denied it because we're so stuck in our old ways and we got to have this, this way, this way. So um, yeah, I think people today can channel and can, bring through love and God and Jesus and spirit just so just as much now as they could 2000 years ago. And so I think God still speaks. He's not done talking. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Gracie Allen was credit with saying, you know, never put a, a period where God has put a comma. And that was something that we, we, when I was going to the UCC and United church of Christ, they talked about all the time. And, you know, I look at the Bible and I'm like, okay, this thing was canonized 2000 years ago. Do you really believe God stopped speaking 2,000 years ago? Um, there's a there's a sermon by George McDonald called Justice that I, I love it. And I'm like, this should be in the Bible. You know, I'm like, why, why can't this be in the Bible? Why can't God still be speaking inspired words today? And I look at Martin Luther King. I look at Gandhi. And I say, you know, Jesus gave his life for his people. They gave their life for their people also. They were, they were both murdered yeah. for, for what they were doing. It's what we seem to do when people come here to spread peace and love and equality um, because it doesn't fit with the narrative. And it's just like it was back in uh, when Jesus was, was alive. And it's no different now. It wasn't yeah. that long ago. And pro- it's probably still happening, not being, you know, uh, known. Uh, but there are a lot of people coming here to spread peace, love and equality with gifts from God. And we're not treating them uh, with with love. Like it's kind of kind of uh, ironic. Yeah, well, that's why, you know, Jesus is my hero, too. Uh, I, I still I, I still call myself a follower of Jesus. I don't identify as, as a Christian anymore just because of all the baggage with that. Mm-hmm. But when people come at me, I'm like, bring it on, because that's what they did to Jesus, right? So I'm like, I know I'm doing the right thing when people tell me that I'm I'm being demonic. I and mean, they, they accuse Jesus of casting out 
demons using the devil's power. Matthew 12, 24. You're exactly right. Big deal. So they use Beelzebub, but it, back then the same works that Jesus did is the same works that light workers use today. Like if someone mm-hmm. watches a one of your podcasts and they feel closer to God, how are you doing the devil's work? No matter what is involved, even if it's, even if it completely misaligns with scripture, mm-hmm. but people are more closer to God and they're more full of love because of your podcast. That's demonic. Who am I to judge that? Same reason we talked about when someone believes in eternal hell. That's okay. You can believe in that. And I, and I, and I believe in something different. It's mm-hmm. when we get in trouble, Brian, is when we think that our beliefs are right and everyone has to believe what we believe, or they're going to suffer in some hell or some purgatory because they don't believe what I believe. And that is, that is completely the opposite of what I believe Jesus taught when he came here. Yeah. Well, it, it is. And it's ironic that, that there are you know, people will read the scriptures and then they'll act just like the Pharisees. You know, they'll take the scriptures and use them to beat up people who are out here trying to spread spread God's word. You know, people people like yourself. You know, I've spoken with many healers that you know that do healing work. You know, just like Jesus talked about, just like Paul talked about. Uh, I, I have a friend. I was because I interviewed a lot of people that have near death experiences, and he's an evangelical. We were out walking one day. We we're having a conversation. And I said something about near-death experiences, and he goes, well, I don't, I don't believe in those. I don't believe it. And I said, well, I think Paul had a near-death experience. And he said, well, what do you mean? I said, saw a big light, you know, was struck blind, uh, heard a voice from the sky, completely changed his life around, changed his name. Sounds a lot like a, pe- a lot of people I know that have had near-death experiences. I'm like, why do you believe what that guy wrote down 2,000 years ago, but you won't believe Trisha that I spoke to yesterday? And what's the end? And, the, and they don't have an answer for that no, because it's in the Bible. It's the word. It's uh, it's called cognitive dissonance. Right. And there's actually a lot of Christian writers who write about near death experiences. There's a few really good ones. I, I can't think of off the top of my head, um, but that write about near death experiences. And I agree with you on the road to Damascus. That's exactly I think by definition, we can only guess what happened to him. And don't forget, and you were kind of hinting at healers. You know, in Acts nine, Ananias was asked to heal Saul. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, he in the Bible, it says God spoke to him. Well, do we really know it was God? Was it his spirit guide? Was it his angel? Was it Jesus? Was it his mom? Was it God? We don't know. Spirit is spirit. Who are we to separate that, right? Right. Um, but when he healed him, laying of the hands on, then took away his blindness, a lot of metaphysical people today call that Reiki. But if mm-hmm. you say that word to a Christian, they're like, oh, no, that, that's demonic. You know, you oh, yoga and Reiki. It, it's throughout scripture in right. that same verse in John eight, when Jesus, when the Pharisees brought the woman to who committed adultery, it says in the Bible, he was writing in the sand. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you, I mean, I don't know for sure, but as a studier of the Bible and metaphysics and Jesus, I think he was automatic writing. He was getting mm-hmm. information on how to kind of handle the situation. Cause don't forget he was still human. He mm-hmm. came from spirit, but you know he had to regain, and third took him thirty years, right? According to scripture, but he was writing down how to kind of handle the situation. I firmly believe so. These words that we use, uh, Reiki and, and and even medium, instantly people like, oh no 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 no, and it's like, wait, let's open our hearts and open our minds and find out what this work actually is. Because if you really look at the Bible, it's a metaphysical book. <laughs> you yeah. wouldn't have that book if it weren't for Moses and Jesus and Paul who were mediums. Yeah. And people seem to forget that. As you said, Moses channeled, you know, the Pentateuch, you know, Paul 
never met Jesus. You know, a lot of people, some people, even some of the disciples had a problem, Paul, because Paul's talking about Jesus. And they're like, dude, you never even met him. But so Paul never met Jesus in, in the physical and people read the Bible and they take Paul's word. It's like, well, as you said, it's either he had to be channeling through Jesus if he's representing Jesus. Yeah, it says in Galatians 1.11, but, but think about this. If someone did that today and stood the way Paul stood, we would think, just like in Matthew 12.24, the way they accused Jesus of, of casting out devils only by the work of the devil. We would, mm-hmm. And it, that's exactly what people are doing to people like you and I spreading love today is the same thing Pharisees did 2,000 years ago. So they're missing the whole point because it's lost in translation. And if you really look at what we're doing, it is of pure love and just take Paul, for instance, if you said like, Hey, there was a guy, I just met a guy the other day, his name was Joe. And he like was walking and he, and he fell, he like died and he like went blind and he heard God talking to him. And now he's going from town to town, preaching Jesus and saying that Jesus is telling him to say these things. We would think he's demonic. We would think he's devil. But Paul 2000 years ago, because it's put in this book, the word capital W of God, it's okay then. And the answer, the question is why? Because I feel like God could speak just like through you or, or me 2,000 years later. Because like you said, God always speaks in many yeah. different venues, not just a book. Although it's a well, great Well, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm watching the recordings of the IANS conference, which was just a few weeks ago as we're recording this. And I'm listening to these people talk about, I was in the light. I met God. I saw Jesus. I saw spirit guides. I met Angel and Archangel Michael. And the message to me is that everybody is one. It's all about love. You know, you are an eternal being, you know, go out and do good works. You know, all, all the things that the Bible tells us to do. And I'm listening to these messages. I'm like, this is exactly what, you know, the Bible is trying to say to us. But these are people today having these experiences. And, and unfortunately, so many people have shut themselves off from this incredible source of inspiration and love and peace and healing. Yep. I agree hundred percent. And uh, if we would just open our heart and mind, uh, which is what I had to do five and a half years ago when that whole experience happened to me um, and all the reunions and experience I've had since have been nothing but divine. Yeah. So tell me if you could just give me a, a story or two about some people that you've, you've touched with your, with your, your work and how it's changed them. Um, a fruit fly just showed up. My dad always pops in and I'm in the basement in September. There's no food down here. There's a little fruit flies right here. Oh, um, yeah. the, the one person that comes to mind, which is in chapter 16 of my book is a, is a young boy named buddy. He's a nine year old who passed away. And I was on Facebook about two years ago this month. And, um, this, you know, I do Facebook, uh, kind of like pro bono stuff. It's just kind of like what God asked me to do. So on Monday nights, like tonight, I'm going to go on Facebook and give a whole bunch of messages to people. I let God work through me, you know, and I'll just pause real quick and say that as a medium or a light worker or a Reiki healer, or even a psychic, whatever word you want to use, those who are doing it with true intention and true heart are getting their information, their knowledge, everything, even their healing. It comes from, from God. We'll call it God, but it comes from Mm -hmm. some other source. We have to humble ourselves, right? So when I say, um, when you, you ask the question, it's how is spirit able to, or God able to help someone through me? Cause it has mm-hmm. nothing to do with me. I have just put myself in a position, um, that God asked me to, right. Cause one, it was gambling. It was drinking. It was, it was watching things I shouldn't watch on TV. Um, and that allowed me to get to the vibration where spirit could work through me better. And I think mm-hmm. Jesus did the same. Paul did the same. And so did Moses and the, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of light workers 
in all of history. Um, so God has worked through me or spirit has, um, in amazing ways. And one of them was a nine-year-old uh, who passed away on, uh, and so on Facebook, I bring this woman on. She, she as mediums. We get, I just get impressions. I get numbers and symbols and she seemed to relate with what I was saying. So she came on. Now, remember, I know nothing about these people. I didn't know she lost a child. I didn't know how old she was. In fact, during the session, I thought her son was much older, but we start bringing through this information and, um, it's her son. There's no doubt, no doubt about it. Talks about his Snoopy doll and all this stuff like that. And I, and if you watch the video, it's on my YouTube. I was even shocked that, that she still had his stoop, Snoopy doll because to me she sounded a little older. And I thought maybe her son was in her in his twenties. Mm-hmm. Well, three quarters of the way through the thing, I get this song. It's "Living on a Prayer" uh, by Bon Jovi, and um, I, I said, "I'm hearing that song in my head. I, I, I don't know." what it means. And she just says, you, you know, you won't believe this. And I had to go off camera because I started crying, you know, cause I have an, I have a nine-year-old. Mm. And so um, she's like, that was a song that we sung. You know, I have it on video uh, of his, him singing that song during his treatment. And it mm. brought, so after the session was done, I was so overwhelmed with, with, and she was so thankful and her story is in, in chapter 16 of my new book. And it was so overwhelming and so peaceful and so full of love. And it, it actually re, re, gave her some resurgence and more faith and allowed her to kind of continue to move on after losing, you know, you've been through that of losing a child. It's the, it's the one thing you would never even think or want or have to navigate that road. And she was able to reconnect to him for a 30 minute session, just long enough to give her some peace in her heart to help her continue living in this world without her only son. Mm-hmm. And so I called her after and and we we stayed in touch. She took uh, all the classes, some of the classes I teach, my mediumship classes, and she has a gift. When her son passed away, her her gifts opened up mm-hmm. to be able to help other parents who've lost their children. And mm-hmm. she's given sessions to people. So Buddy always stays in my heart. His story is in my new book. And his mother was helped by God or spirit through me. I'm, I'm insignificant here, but they used the opportunity uh, to help her through me. Um, and now she's living a better life. She still misses her son. She still cries pretty much every day from what she says. She's still upset, but she, her heart was full that night. And that love and energy that he was able to provide to her in spirit is still with her to this very day from that session and that moment that she experienced. Yeah. It was just warm. And you know, I, you know, what I, I love about that, and I love about the way you even wrote in the description that you sent me. You, you said you've conducted thousands of mediumship slash grief counseling sessions because, unfortunately, mediumship gets a bad rap in a lot of ways. Um, you know, one is some people think it's demonic, some people think it's all fake, and then because of Hollywood, a lot of people think it's all about entertainment. Um, and even some mediums, I, I interviewed a guy that had it on his on his website it was a disclaimer that this is for entertainment purposes only because he thought his lawyer wanted that, but you know, the thing is you, it's a healing session when people have a great mediumship session. Uh, and there's been studies, literally studies done that mediumship, a good medium reading can be better than a year of grief counseling. Yep. hundred percent. And I have that on my website too, because my lawyer recommended the same thing, but I've experienced the healing and the love that comes from it. And I, I actually quote that in my book, that one session with a genuine medium who's able to connect you with the energy lives forever, which is the person who you passed away. Don't forget, energy cannot be created or destroyed. We just go on to some other form of existence, which is what I believe Jesus taught. And mm-hmm. connecting with their energy, wherever it is, is not demonic. It's the opposite. It's beautiful. It's loving. It's full of... I think the theme over the time to kind of answer or not answer the first question and kind of go towards what you're saying mm-hmm. is um, the theme has been 
your loved one is still alive. They have not left you. They are watching this movie with you, this life, this experience with you. They're rooting you on and trying to cheer you on to just choose love and compassion and forgiveness every day. And the analogy I have is there's a movie theater and you're in the main middle seat of your movie and you're experiencing with free will and and destiny to kind of navigate through this path. And alongside of you on both sides is your mother's side and your dad's side from generations back. And they're all watching you make Mm. these choices and rooting for you to choose love. And so when you connect with a medium, uh, they just, they take the opportunity to let you know that they're still with you. They're watching your reality. They want nothing but the best for you. And they want you to live your experience in your life with love and with the most fulfillment you could possibly have and to be happy with love. Yeah. Right? So we, we don't want to get in some of those egoic things, right? Focusing on the earthly things like Colossians 3, 2, but focusing on spirit and love. And it, I'm doing this work because this is what God told me to do. And so if someone thinks it's demonic or doesn't understand it, Galatians 1, uh, 1 10 talks about doing things to please God, not to please others. And that's, and that's what I do. And if you, if someone even on the, the watching this or listening to this is a skeptic, that's okay. And yeah. I think you, you've talked about that before, but having your mind and heart open to things that maybe you don't understand um, is more full of love uh, than, than, closing your mind off and being stuck in these ways and not being open to new beliefs. Yeah. I, I tell you for me, you know, you were talking about her with buddy and, and you, and you mentioned as you were giving the answer about they're still with us. That was the thing that surprised me. I, I, I believed in the afterlife because I was a Christian for a long time, raised with the Bible, but that's heaven in the by and by, and they're, they're gone, you know? So when my grandmother died, she's in heaven. When my grandfather died, He's in heaven. I'll see them a long, long time from now when I die. The thing that really uh, has helped me to heal is knowing that my daughter is still with me. And in in uh, grief counseling now, it's a new model. They not new, but newer. They call it continuing bonds. That we can continue that relationship with the person that's still that's gone. We don't have to let go of them and wait till we see them again. And it's been it's really cool. And I find that really helps a lot of people to know. Like you said, they want you to be happy and healthy. You know, I think in the Bible it's called you know, the great cloud of witnesses. Um, they're they're watching us. They're they're cheering us. They're cheering us on, and that's that's really encouraging. Yeah, it's true. And I don't know if you're open for a quick message. If you are, I can. I don't know what it is. Are you open for a quick message? I oh yeah, sure. So, yeah. so as, as you're talking about your daughter, I just in my mind, and this, and this will kind of give your listeners an example. And I have no idea if and what it means to you. All I see is a candle. And I hear that song "Candle in the Wind" by, um, mm. you know, you know, it's about Marilyn Monroe, and I get a mm-hmm. goosebump even as I say that. So my feeling is, wherever her energy is, she's either blowing out your candles, or someone just blew out the candles, or that you light a candle every day, and she, maybe she's messing with the flame. But this is her way, and I, I don't even know if it makes sense to you, but this is her way to validate that she truly is with you. But she's also being creative and smart, which I think she probably is and was in human form to show mm-hmm. you that you know life is eternal. And just because, okay, so she's being symbolic, just because, but also it may mean something to you, but just because the candle blows out doesn't mean that candle is not going to be relit and could be relit forever. Um, mm-hmm. Do you understand the candle reference with her? Do you understand this? Yeah, yeah. Because when I meditate, um, it's funny because for a very long time, I would light incense when I meditate, but lately I've been lighting a candle when i meditate so yeah yeah so it might blow out tonight or you might like you know i don't know how it works but even that in itself doesn't have to blow out it's just kind of like a hey i'm with you you're on the right path keep doing what you're doing i also feel like that message is a correlation between um what we talked about before and kind of guiding you 
in what's coming up, you know, yeah. that meditation is going to help guide you there. So th- that's your time to, to connect. And I'll, and I kind of laugh too. And this is kind of the theme of the thing people, Oh, you're not supposed to meditate or do yoga. That's demonic. I was like, well, Moses was supposed to meditate by the burning bush. Bush. In fact, some of Jesus, when Jesus talks about prayer, some of the Greek words actually can translate into like silent thinking or meditation. It's just, no, it's just lost in translation. So I, so I hope as a connector of you with, with your daughter, which I tell people in my second book, especially you don't need a medium, that that message gave you peace. It gave you hope. And next time yeah. you go meditate, maybe the candle blows out or even if the wind, even if the window was open and that's what blew it out, that's just her letting you know she's with you. Um, and that, that moment that you have now and or then is, is beautiful and divine, d- divine and anything but demonic, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, it's really cool because I, because of what I do, I have a lot of friends in a medium and my daughter likes to drop in on people. So I have a really good friend. We're friends on Facebook and we were talking on Saturday and she sends me this gif of uh, a penguin, like a claymation penguin, like dancing. And I'm like, well, that's really interesting that she chose this in this me because when Shana was 10 years old, she made a claymation movie. She was obsessed with penguins and it was a penguin and it was called fins off my fish or something. And she was, so she made this thing with this. It's just like a 30 second thing that she made. So I get the, my point is I get these things from her all the time. She's always, you know, dropping in and just saying, I'm here. I still know what you're doing. I still, you know, care about you. Um, and I could, I could go on and on for hours with all the, all the signs that she gives me. And that's been the thing like I said that I didn't know. And it's really interesting not to take away from anybody's faith or anything, but if people just, have their faith just, just totally based on the Bible. And it's like, I just read this book and I believe it. You're missing 90% of what's out there. You're missing, like you talked about earlier, you know, they, they communicate to us through synchronicities, through signs, you know, finding a feathers or dimes or a butterfly acting unusually, or, you know, stuff like that. We're missing out on all the other ways that spirit speaks to us and is alive and wants to be part of our life. Hundred percent. And the only other thing that's coming through, I know I had your permission, is the I name Isaac Isaiah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's she's talking about a book in the scripture or if there's someone with the I name. It's a very random, obscure name. Well, well, my mother's name starts with an I, and it's Ida, and it's a pretty unusual name. Yeah. Okay. All right. Is yeah. she still here? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So um, yeah, um, that's. You are you are you. Okay, you're still open. Real quick, sorry. Um, are you doing a lot for her, but you wish you could do more or something? Uh, so I don't know if she lives away or whatever, but I feel like you're doing what you can for her, but you just wish you could do more. And she's making me feel like you're doing what you can do. You feel. know what's wild about this? I, I have to be careful how much I share here. Yeah. When I was talking earlier about Christians and the Bible and stuff like that, and when my, when my mother has struggled with the concept of death the concept of mortality. And she has nine brothers and sisters and there's one, one still left here. Um, And I feel, I feel for people that don't have the peace that I have now. Mm. Um, So I, that might be what it is. It's like, I I wish I could give everybody what I know. And, and in particular people that are, that are close to me. Um, So yeah, that, that, I think that might be what, what the message is, you know, as I said, it's, uh, I just feel, I feel sad that so many people are closed off to, you know, what, what, what you and I know, what, you know, what you and I experience. Um, and, you know, and I struggle, I still struggle with my daughter, you know, being in spirit. I, it's not easy for me. 
but like when I got that that little thing on Saturday when my friend sent me this claymation penguin thing, I'm like, wow, this is Shana, you know, really is with her, you know, and and I still need to have that reinforced. I I need to I need to hear this, you know, over and over again. She's still I won't keep longs and those but she's sharing one more thing. Uh, so yeah, keep in mind there's only so much you could do for mom. I do feel like she's gonna be there for her when her time comes. Um and she's just showing me an Oreo, but it's interesting because it's only half. The Oreo, it's not like the whole thing. So I don't know if you just had one or one. It's not half like cut in half the way. It's cut in half like the wafer way. But there's only one side of it. Hmm. Um, do you understand what she's going for with a one-parted Oreo? <laughs> it's just like the one. It's either the part without. It feels like the part without the frosting on it. It's like you, hmm. you take it apart. One side has the frosting. The other side is just the Oreo. Yeah, I'll have to think about that. I'm not sure what what that is. Um, the, the wafer part. It's almost as if like you bought the Oreos without the filling. Did yeah. You, did you buy? You know how they have those Oreo thins where they don't have. I don't think they have the filling. Did you buy? Okay, check that. Could relate to your mom or your wife. Um, but there's something about the Oreo without the. Yeah. Filling. Yeah, I have to. I have to get back to you. I'm not sure about that. But yeah, she. Um, like I said, she's always dropping in. She's always. She's always. You know, like I said, making sure she gives us messages and. And so, real quick. Two, okay, so two out of three message. You understand the candle. You do mm-hmm. it when you pray and you meditate. You understand yeah. I name, which isn't, you know, what I don't, I don't know your mom's name. So that was a way for her to bring that. So you get to, and then you get to a third message. It's like, oh, I don't get it, but I'm going to hold on to it. So you're so throughout a mediumship session, there are a handful of times where the person doesn't relate to what I'm saying and they hold on to it. And it makes sense. I get so many emails later and hopefully you'll do the same. If you find out, Oh my yeah. God, you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe this, blah, 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 blah. And it's just a way to validate that your loved ones are with you and watching you. And it's, it's beautiful. So I hope you do validate, but if, yeah. if someone's watching as a skeptic, which is okay. Um, mediumship's not a hundred percent like, Oh, I have this person here and this is their name. It's symbol symbols. It's feelings. Feelings, it's pictures, it's expressions. Well, and I want to give you an example of that. Um, so our, one of our friends, and I'm, I'm allowed to use her name because we've talked about it, Suzanne Giesman. And so Shana drops in on her and she uh, she called us one day. She had a message from Shana and she goes, um, "Does your daughter, was your daughter Kayla playing basketball recently? And I'm like, no, Suzanne, you're way off here. My daughter hates any kind of sports. She, she swam, but she doesn't do anything with balls at all she's like i you know volleyball basketball none of that stuff and i said no i'm pretty sure not she was living in toledo at the time uh which is three hours from us so i'm like but i'll check you know so just like this i'm like i i don't think so but i'll check so i called her up i said kayla have you been playing basketball lately because she had a boyfriend at the time like maybe maybe her boyfriend dragged you to the gym or something she goes no no i'm like okay she goes but she was she was babysitting for these two kids at the time and she said we did make some basketballs at a Play-Doh. We made Play-Doh and we pretended we were playing basketball. Okay. I had no idea at the time. And I'm thinking there's no way that, that she's right about this, but you know, I'm open. So let me check. And it turns out that, that she was spot on. Yep. And just that open mind, that open heart can lead to an amazing amount of blessings. And you might know that you're, daughter is with your other daughter and then being happy that she's experiencing time with with the kids and babysitting and that could give you so much peace to know that your daughters are still connecting on that type of level that's beautiful it's anything yeah. but bad it, it, hopefully that made you feel amazing even for weeks it does you know because the thing is there is some survivor's guilt that comes sometimes when people you know pass and we think oh i'm here and i'm doing all this great stuff and they're not able to to do that they're not able to experience it 
but they are with us. And this, this came through another medium friend of mine who told my daughter and my daughter, Kayla on a reading, she said, Shana says that she will be with you like at all these special events. When you graduate, when you get married, when you have your children, you know, I will still be with you. So I was at my nephew's wedding last weekend and one of our signs is a dime and I'm sitting there in the church. It's before the wedding. They were taking pictures up front. I'm sitting in the second row of the pews and I look down and there's a dime on the floor uh, in, in the church. And I'm like, what were the odds of me finding that? First of all, because I would have never been sitting in there if it hadn't been right before the wedding. And I'm like, okay, Shane is here. You know, so that's that's comforting. Yep, 100%. There's so I want to get, get back to talking about you and what you're doing now. So I think the last time we spoke was a while ago, you were opening a... Um, a massage and uh, not a massage, but a Reiki center, I think. And you were doing some mediums out of there. Are you still doing that or what are you doing now? That was a while ago. Well, we opened it and then the pandemic hit. And so Um, we we had, it was hands-on kind of stuff. So we shut it down. We never opened it back up. So um, I'm, I'm, you know, doing, I'm full-time. I've been in medical device sales, medical sales for the last 18 years. Mm -hmm. And so I'm doing that. I do sessions three to four nights a week. I do group sessions. Um, I have live events. We have one in a local one coming up and one in Dallas uh, in November. So I'm kind of mixing, uh, you know, being a dad, number one, and a Mm -hmm. husband. Uh, and then working full time, but also doing the mediumship and, uh, you know, writing my finishing up my second book as well, which should be published next week. So tell me about your second book. Well, first, tell everybody about your first book, because I know that's already out. And it's, as I've read it, it's fantastic. So tell us about your first book and then tell me about your second book. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so why are we here is the first book. Um, it was written and, and published in 2020, right during the pandemic. And uh, this first book is about um finding your purpose, um, trying to live your life in the most loving way. Um, I, in the beginning, I explained how I understood my gift and how this whole mediumship came to me. And then I explained all the things that I've learned by connecting with spirit about meditation and prayer and doing nice things for others. And I talk about forgiveness and finding your purpose in the book. And at the end, I share a few testimonials from some sessions from mediumship sessions. So it's a book to help you live a better life, um, to let you know that love is the most important thing. That's, that's mm-hmm. the first um, finding your purpose. And then the second one is called journey through many mansions. Um, it pretty much talks about life being eternal and a circle and it goes on forever and your journey doesn't end. And so I go through and, and the subtitle is navigating grief and understanding mediumship. And so if mm. someone's lost someone they love, they can read this book. It helps them navigate their grief with the illustration that we don't die and that our loved ones are with us. And I slowly try to prove, can't say prove, but I try to illustrate or demonstrate that throughout my experience in the last five and a half years, uh, your loved ones, kind of like what we said earlier, they're with us, they show us, they they root for us, they, they their energy is always lasting and, and part of our lives in one way or another, and we are eternal. So we don't have to fear death because we don't die. We just change realities. And then at the end of the book, I have five, like, goosebump raising stories of some of the experience one of which i mentioned earlier is buddy um that you mm-hmm. if you read and believe you, you you have to almost believe there's something more right and, yeah and, and so i try to teach people that um we don't die and your loved ones who have passed before you um are with you in fact they've told me over the years they're more with you than they were when they were physically here they're literally part of your energy, experiencing your reality and rooting, uh, rooting you on and hoping nothing but the best for you. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you said that because I tell people, um, and again, I miss my daughter. I, I will miss her every day, but um, 
I'm closer. I have more connection with Shana than I do with my daughter who's here in the physical. My daughter is in the physical. I did see her over the weekend, but you know, I'll see her every, every couple of weeks. I'll talk to her when I see her. I talk to Shana every day. You know, she's the first thing on my mind when I wake up in the morning, I say good morning to her. When I come out of this, this picture that's behind me is also in my foyer. So when I walk out of my bedroom door, you know, she's there. Um, so in a way she is closer to me now than she was when she was here in the physical. And I feel like I can, I can connect with her, you know, at any time. So it's a interesting point that you just made. Yeah. And that's what I try to illustrate through the book. Um, and, you know, Ferris wheels being the, the being the theme, you know, my daughter, my, my daughter drew this, you know, she's seven. And oh. I, I try to teach people that life's kind of like a Ferris wheel. You, you can go in different gondolas, you can look out different ways, but it keeps going and going like forever. Like, you know, I think we are limited with our human mind and know we're limited with the human mind, but uh, I think creation and, and, and a final thing is, is just all, kind of dogma and made up i think that life is eternal we are literally eternal and we can't even conceptualize that we yeah. have to think that we had to start at some point and try to teach in the book that we've always been you know before you uh you know before i am i am right yeah well you know and, and you used the word you know prove and you kind of kind of backtracked on that word and i just finished a fantastic book uh, that takes the near-death experiences and makes a logical argument for them. And I learned, I learned something there. I guess there's a way you can logically prove something. So it's like, you know, something could be like nailed down, like, like a mathematical proof, but there's also like, I guess, I think the word's empirical, there's empirical proof, which means beyond pretty much any reasonable doubt. Is that and Jeffrey Long's book? Uh, no, I can't remember the name of the guy. I, I should have, shouldn't have brought it up because I can't remember, but it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, I think it's a pretty new book. I was recommended by a guy named Bernardo Castro. So I'll, I'll, I'll look it up and I'll send it to you. I'll put it in the show please. notes. Yeah, please do. But, um, it's really fantastic book. And like I said, what I, what I learned is, you know, if you take all the evidence that we have mediumship after death communications, near death experiences, quantum physics, you know, consciousness studies, there's at least five, if not eight or nine different fields that really hint strongly at the afterlife. You can maybe pick holes in one or two of them. But when you put it all together, I believe we've proven beyond any reasonable doubt that there is life after death. You have to be, you know, I, it was interesting because someone I was talking with someone um, at the Helping Parents Heal conference, and she was a real skeptic. And uh, way all these fantastic mediums there, and they're doing demonstrations and stuff, and they're just amazing. And I said, so, because I'm not really sure about mediumship. And I said, well, what do you mean? She said, well, where are they getting the information? I don't know. You know, it could be from the deceased person. They could be reading the sitter's mind. It could be the Akashic records. And I'm like, well, yeah, I guess it could be those things. But sometimes they get things that the sitter doesn't know. You know, we don't know that the Akashic records even exist. And why would you believe in that more than what the medium is telling you that I said, you know, the, the most obvious and the simplest explanation would be that we're connected with people on the other side. So a, a cynic, I would call rather than a skeptic, a cynic will say, well, it's impossible. Therefore, it can't be true. And I think anybody who's skeptical, if they examine the evidence, you can't come to really any other conclusion. Uh, and I, as much as I've studied this over the last 30 years, I, I don't I see no other conclusion the, other than life goes on. Yeah. And it's interesting. You could take all religions and all spiritual studies. We're all saying the same thing. We're just saying it in a different way. Yeah. But, there, but there's something more. I've come to the conclusion, this is my opinion, that we're uh, living in in our own movie and we have destiny and free will. Uh, destiny is going to happen. 
and the free will can extend within the destiny window, right? So the way, if you haven't read Robert Schwartz, he's a really interesting guy, channels Jesus, which, oh my gosh, say it to a Christian, but that's exactly what Paul did. Right. Um, but he brings through Yeshua and he shares a bunch of things about forgiveness and compassion and your life purpose. It's a really beautiful book. There's, it's called Your Soul's Plan. Um, and in the book, and in one of his interviews, he explains that, listen, this is what he's come to believe and what, what kind of Yeshua and his studies has shown him that life is like a video game. Uh, take Mario Brothers, for instance. You know, you can run, you can jump, and you can go back and forth, and you can go down certain tubes, but you can't go down other tubes. And you don't have to go down a tube, but you can. Um, right. So you can only do what's programmed in the parameters of the game, but you do have free will within the game to kind of go your own way and do your own thing. Mm-hmm. And that kind of works the same way when it comes to life. There's a destiny. There's things that are going to happen in your reality, this, this blueprint, um, but you have flexibility within it. There's actually a really good movie called the adjustment bureau. If you oh, know, yeah. that, it's yeah, such, it's a great movie. I think that's so accurate. I yeah. think it's so, such an accurate. There's another movie called soul. Which I, it's a Disney movie called Soul, which I think is very accurate. But I think God speaks through media and through. I and completely through agree with you. And, and that movie is just—it's it, about this plan that can be adjusted. And there's this destiny thing. It's—it's it's really cool. So yeah, I think opening our heart and mind to things that maybe we either don't believe or don't understand uh, can really uh, allow us to take leaps and bounds in our own reality in our lives. Well, I have to I have to say this. It's interesting you mentioned Mario Brothers because that was our favorite game. Shane and I played Mario Brothers for hours and hours and hours, Super Mario Brothers on, on the uh, Nintendo uh, Wii. And I, I always use that analogy when I'm talking to people about about life, you know, is, is the Mario Brothers game in the sense that Shana used to like to pick people up and throw them into the lava. <laughs> so she we'd be playing around. She'd pick up your character and, and kill you. And, yeah. you know, I tell people, it's like, that's kind of how our lives are here. We, 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 we think this life is so, and it is precious and it is important and it is all those things, but we also take it way too seriously. And, you know, I was thinking about, like I said, I think about Shane, I was like, she's like, I'm just going to kill you. And then you just regenerate, you know, you never actually die. It's it's funny you say that because my son plays a bit, he's five. And I said, and they're playing like Robux, or Roblox. And I was like, I hear shooting and I'm like, and I guess they're like, like paintball guns, I guess, but you do die. And I was like, I don't like games where you die. And he goes, Dad, you respawn. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I kind of was like, Oh, I think you do. I think we do that in real life too. We just change realities. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I'm under the same the same understanding. Yeah. So I, you know, like I said, I, it's it's really it's cool to me. Um, and I know we we we're very careful with our language, and we say this is what I've come to believe. And I, and I say that too, you know. But there's certain things I feel like I really know. It's like do I know the sun's going to come up tomorrow? I have a pretty good idea. You know, I, I, I don't know, but I have a pretty good idea. Right. And I've got a, I, and I'm pretty much, I would say, I know to a reason within a reasonable amount of certainty that my daughter's still alive and she's better off than she was when she was here. And what I, what I want people to get out of, and this is why I do the podcast. I want everybody to know that I want everybody to internalize that. Not just, I just believe it because they read this one book you know, or there's one way of doing things, um, but that it's all around us, that, that God is speaking to us in so many different ways and in, in every different way, trying to get this message to us, trying to get us to remember, to get us to wake up. Yeah. Ephesians 514. Right. Um, and that's what the goal of this book is. And that's if you know that I, this is kind of a piggyback on John chapter 14, verse two, where mm. he says that my father's house um, didn't have many mansions. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have told you so. Right. Right. I actually quoted it uh, in the book. 
in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have, I, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Um, yeah. And this was kind of a, a piggyback on that, but also like, I believe we live in different realities or mansions and mm-hmm. your daughter is still ex- experiencing this one, but also experiencing a reality in a whole different a blissful because that's what they tell me i had to tell a woman last night i had a session with her she lost her son and i had to kind of share that even though he's with you and experiencing life and rooting you on he's also in a state of bliss because one of her concerns was she felt bad that she didn't, he didn't get to experience his life and they tell me yeah. this over and over like no 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 <laughs> they're way way better off than we can ever imagine or ever can be believe it or not in this realm and in this lower vibration energy than they are they feel even souls who have crossed in tragic ways have made me feel that they're okay and they're better and they're 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 doing other things that we can't even begin to begin to understand yeah and i find that to be a very comforting thought uh because my daughter was six 15 and a half when she passed so literally just a few weeks away from being 15 and a half and in ohio that's when you can get your temporary permit she was so looking forward to driving so you know i, I was like oh she's going to miss driving you know she's going to miss her high school graduation you know you think about all the things that they're quote missing um but then i speak with the medium and actually i was talking with one medium and she said you know why she's showing me car keys she said she's showing me that she's driving and People will say, well, can can people drive in heaven? Well, I think you can if you want to. I think you can do pretty much whatever you want. Yeah, that's what I've learned. Um, I'll share with you what she's sharing with me right now, maybe after, because I don't know. I want to be conscious of your time. Um, oh, yeah. Well, no, we, we I like to like keep this to around an hour because I could talk to you all day. So we'll, we'll, we'll have you back and we'll talk some more. So what I want to do um, is to you to let people know like how they can reach you. I know you do some live events on Facebook, like on Monday nights, um, how people can reach you for, for readings and everything else. Yeah. So uh, everything is Daniel John Medium. It's danieljohnmedium.com. Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok is all Daniel John Medium. Be careful of fakes because people make fakes of everybody. You probably got fake pages. So they make people have a, but everything's Daniel John Medium, uh, YouTube as well. Um, and Monday, Monday nights, we go live on TikTok and Facebook and just give, you know, give free sessions. There's no cost. It's just a, we've real, we've built, you know, just like you have with your, with your base of people have built a very strong knit close community uh, on Facebook and TikTok of people who just want to learn and understand more and celebrate mm-hmm. life. So um, you can join us Monday nights on Facebook, usually around 915. Um, and then if you want to check out my website, it's danieljohnmedium.com. All right. Daniel, it's good seeing you again. Um, and when will your book be available? Um, we're crossing our fingers that we get through the final publication. So we'll just say October 3rd, next Monday is, is our launch. Okay. All right, cool. Well, we're recording this in September 26, but it'll probably, it'll be a while before it's out. So by the time this is out, your book should be available. Um, so yeah, great. Good, good seeing you again. Good catching up with you. Thanks for having me, Brian. All right. Thanks for listening to grief to growth. Brian hopes that you find this episode helpful and we'll come back for future episodes. Brian's best-selling book, Grief to Growth, Planted Not Buried, is a great resource for anyone who is coping with grief or knows someone who is. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to support it, there are three things you can do to help. The first is to share the podcast with someone that you think it will help. The second is to go to iTunes, rate, and review the episode. The third way you can support the podcast is by becoming a patron head over to www.patreon.com slash grief to growth. 
That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash grief, the number two, growth, and sign up to make a small monthly donation. Patrons get access to exclusive bonus content and knowledge that you are helping to spread the message of grief to growth. For more about Brian and grief to growth, visit www.grief2growth.com. Hey there, if you like this episode, come on over and talk about it. Let me know what you liked. If you didn't like this episode, come on over and talk about it. Let me know what you didn't like. Go to grieftogrowth.com slash community and look for talk about the podcast. I'll see you there.